Hello and welcome to today's episode of Footnotes. Today I am joined by Ricardo J. Zulueta, the co-founder of Start Day One, a nonprofit foundation for mental health and suicide prevention with a proactive approach to helping people instead of reactively waiting for mental health issues and suicidal tendencies. It's easy to see how a proactive approach is the only way to prevent most health issues, like obesity or diabetes, but Ricardo takes this mindset and applies it to mental health issues like suicidal tendencies, depression, and anxiety. He's trying to change the global perspective on mental health, where doctors, organizations, and society, in his opinion, do everything wrong by reactively waiting for symptoms of mental health issues or suicidal tendencies. And as noted, we can't solve problems by attempting to remedy results instead of the cause. Today in our conversation, we talk about personal responsibility, changing your perception and outlook on life and on your own life, how to manage your information intake, how to narrow your purpose, what a purpose is, what it means to have one. And we talk about the power of decision, the impact of trauma, um, the aspects of passion, and passion as a result of doing something and not a cause to do something in the first place. We also talk about depression as a necessary step in a grieving process and not as a be-all, end-all to someone's emotional state. All this and more on today's episode of Footnotes, What You Didn't Learn About Managing Depression. Start Day One is a nonprofit foundation for mental health and suicide prevention with a more proactive approach to helping people rather than reactively waiting for mental health issues or suicidal tendencies. So my experience with my clothing line, an inspirational brand, um, I learned that uh, so many organizations and everywhere else are very reactive. And when I explain people about my brand and inspire them or whatever, um, I learned that the proactive approach is more effective. In fact, as I kept digging into it, proactivity is actually essential. It's, it's mandatory to prevent anything, whether it's diabetes, uh, obesity, or suicide but no one's treating it that way. Everyone's looking for symptoms all the time, which doesn't make sense to me. So uh, I don't know how much more What does a proactive approach look like versus a, a more reactive approach? So a proactive approach is not waiting. So here's an example. Like when we try to prevent diabetes, what do we do? Do you tell kids, hey, eat all the candy that you want because don't worry about it. I know how to look for symptoms of diabetes. That is so not what we do, right? Right. We tell kids, hey, don't eat too much candy. It's Halloween, but save some for later. You don't want to eat it all because you're going to get this. You're going to get that. Um, but we don't do that with mental health. And it's odd. It's the same thing with losing weight, right? Uh, if you don't do anything proactive, I challenge you to do nothing proactive and lose weight. I challenge you. I, I wonder what you're going to do, right? There's absolutely no way. Same thing with diabetes. I challenge you not to keep eating sugar and prevent diabetes. I want to see what happens. There's no way. Well, why is it different with mental health? So you're telling me that if you um, if you don't do anything proactive, it's really not going to help. So everyone on World Suicide Prevention Day, what you see all the time are people talking about how to look for symptoms of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Should I wait for symptoms of diabetes? Should I wait to be 500 pounds to go to the gym? So proactivity is just it's necessary to prevent anything. In fact, what's awesome with proactivity is that not only is it good for prevention, it's awesome for prediction because I can predict what's gonna happen to you if you do the following things. If you eat sugar every day, I know you're gonna get diabetes, guaranteed. If you eat McDonald's every day and not exercise, I am gonna guarantee that you're gonna be obese. So these are things that we, we know 
but we don't actually implement it in the mental health space, which is odd. Like this is actually a weird thing to talk about. Yeah, well, specifically, I mean, it's I know it's going to vary from person to person, from situation to situation, but specifically yeah. in the mental health space, um, yeah. what is what is your, your perception and Start Day One's perception on what a proactive approach looks like in mental health management? Okay, um, man, there's so many things. It's kind of like asking, like, you know, what do you do proactive to lose weight or to, you know, there's so many things you can do. There's so many different diets. So I see it as just like losing weight. Uh, it's like diet and exercise, right? Those are two things you can work on proactively. So let's talk about the exercise part. Uh, proactive wise, a lot of people are doing um, yoga, meditation, exercise, um, I don't know, reframing their mind, things like that, right? So those are exercises. But the problem is what is your um, diet of the mind? Basically, what's the intake? What's the input? What is it taking in? Because um, if what you have to do is you have to remedy the cause, not the result. And right now, everyone is so focused on the result rather than the cause. So that's why the result keeps happening over and over again, because you never took care of the cause. So when I'm talking about proactive, it's really taking the time to figure out what's wrong. Because if you don't take that time, then you're just, and you're just kind of going with the motion and doing all these exercises. Well, it doesn't matter how many times you exercise if you're still eating McDonald's, right? right? So it's the same thing with your mindset. Yeah, you can do yoga and and uh, meditation, but really boils down to your perspective. If your perspective is negative or a bad mindset, basically, right? It's never going to go away. For example, uh, let's say the the cause is actually you just cannot seem to think uh, you're worthy unless your dad is proud of you. Well, you can probably think positive all day and do all your exercises all day and meditate and exercise, do everything all of the above. But your perspective is the only way I'm valuable to this freaking world is if when my dad is finally proud of me. Well, what kind of exercise is gonna help that? <laughs> like, it's not. You have to change your perspective. So you have to proactively really think about, okay, you have to take the steps. You have to think about your perspective because that's where the cause is. Um, one of the ways I kind of explain it is, you know, when people get lost, um, they, when they get lost, they are basically telling me that they're, they put themselves in park in the middle of the highway. Because whenever you get lost in a car, you, you kind of figure out, well, so my first question is, where are you going, right? Like, right. Where, where are you going? Because every turn is going to be wrong until you find out where you're going. So when I talk about proactive, it's like you have to know all these things beforehand instead of just trying to remedy the results every time. You know, you're doing absolutely nothing about it because you never take the time to figure out, okay, what should I be doing? Because people that are in a bad place tend to hate accountability and they never keep track of what they're doing. They always just blame, blame, blame. And it's just because you're in a bad mindset, you know? And so when I talk about proactive, it's really taking the time to figure out all right, what's causing these issues. Okay, well, now you got to figure out what do you have to do to get rid of those issues? So I always refer to like diabetes and losing weight because it's the same question, right? Well, what do you do proactive to maintain your weight? Well, you eat, right? And you exercise. There's so many different ways of doing that those are pretty much the cause or 
you know, uh, the cause is basically lack of exercise and bad diet. Like, if you don't know that, then, you, you know, you're, it's basically trying to look for a pill to lose weight all the time. It doesn't work, right? Because you're always trying to look at the remedy or you're always looking at the result. I don't know if that answers your question. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. So you okay. kind of broke it down into three major areas, managing uh, your information intake, your mental intake, um, changing your perception, and then personal responsibility, accountability, taking responsibility for, for the situations in your life that are giving you that negative mindset. Um, I wanted to ask you um, specifically about intake because my mind jumps straight to like social media, uh, like, like algorithm driven platforms like Netflix, you know, some people watch like hours of Netflix every couple of days. Um, yeah. how, so how can, how can we take steps to better manage our information or mental intake? Um, and what does that look like in a world where so much of like the content that's put in front of us feels like it's kind of out of our control? Yeah, that's true. And I think that's what really hurt a lot of people in 2020 um, because of the algorithm themselves, right? People were getting angry as hell <laughs> because we have our own algorithm, except Facebook and all these social networks are trying to predict the algorithm for you and it doesn't work. So what they do is, you know, people got angry this year because they'll see something like, uh, you know, a riot, for example. And because it's like an accident, right? <laughs> Everyone's doing the rubbernecking. You can't help but look. You just kind of look and, and Facebook basically sees you looking at these, you know, crazy, you know, these bad videos and Facebook goes, oh, you like those. Well, let me give you more of those. <laughs> right? So really it's, it's knowing, it's knowing that, that Facebook is doing that to you. Right. And you, you have to really control your own algorithm. You can't depend on social networks to kind of predict what's good, what should be shown for you because they don't know. They're just going by what you watch. But if you watch death and angry shows all the time, well, guess what they think? That's what you like. So they show you more of that. But if just being aware of that, it makes sense. So what I tell people, where it really stems from are these steps. Uh, let's go back to people that are, every time people feel, you know, negative mindset, like you said, you, you know, you jump from one thing to the other. You have to go back to the source, right? And like I mentioned before, it always comes down to your perspective. Now, why is perspective important? Well, because all your decisions are based off of your perspectives. Your beliefs basically are affected by your perspectives, not the other way around. So if the decision is what's important, right? The decision, basically, we're all product of our decision. Um, we have to talk about perspectives. So let's look at the perspectives. But before that, before you know what's a threat or a benefit, you have to figure out, well, what's your purpose? So just like diving in a car, when someone is lost, the first thing I say is, where are you going? And more importantly is, why are you going? That's your why, your purpose, right? Because if you don't know why you're going, so for example, when you're driving somewhere and it's because of your aunt, because she's sick, or it's your boy's wedding, you find a way to get there. But if you don't know why you're going and you're just kind of going, you'll probably turn around when you're lost and go like, eh, I'll just go next time, eh, whatever. You know, so, but you have to go back to your purpose. So it's purpose, perspective, and then really the power of decision. Um, when your purpose though, a lot of people know about your why. That it's important. Every, like so many people know this now. The problem is no one's really telling them how to do it or how to come up with it. Because people think your why could be, oh, I want to be rich, <laughs> right? Or I want to succeed or whatever. 
but the problem is with there's two major things on purpose. The reason purpose is important is because it doesn't really care about pleasure or pain. It gives you that perseverance to keep going because of your sense of purpose. So what is your purpose? It's there's two uh, characteristics. Number one, it's always a verb. It's never a noun. Uh, it's just like a mission statement. Every mission statement is, for example, uh, Facebook is to connect people around the world, right? Uh, Airbnb is to help people belong. So it's always too blank, too verb. And another thing is every mission or purpose should benefit or provide value to other people, not yourself. And that's why saying, oh, I want to be rich or I, own a I want to own a Lamborghini, a, a big mansion. Well, those are all nouns and it has nothing to do with anyone else. Those aren't purposes. Those aren't mission statements. So once you figure out your purpose, that's when you actually determine your perspectives, if they're going to be a threat or a benefit to that, because you're not going to know until you have that sense of purpose. Like, how do you know which, one, which way to go? How do you know if turn left or turn right when you're lost? It's like, well, why are you going and, and where are you going, right? So then after that, the decision comes into play. We never make a decision. If our perspective is going left and uh, you're trying to make a decision to go right, it's never going to work, ever, because you're decisions always follow your perspectives. And so that's what we really have to change. You have to remedy the cause, not the result. So that's kind of the, at least my steps, because when people try to look for solutions, they always think they have to figure out the solutions and then make the decision. And that's not how it works. You actually have to make a decision and that's how the solutions come up. Does that make sense? Yes. In, in the pursuit of uh, purpose, I wanted to ask you, um, in your experience, what is a good way to, or good ways to kind of narrow the pursuit of that? Because I think a, a trap that a lot of people fall into that I've been in myself are, yeah. well, I kind of want to be this and do these things. And I kind of want to be this and do these things. And then a few years go by and neither of them are accomplished because you were kind of split between those two or several different potential purposes. So yeah. what is the path to, to finding a purpose that is genuinely meaningful enough to you to, um, to figure out which perspectives are a threat or benefit to that purpose, to really engage in it and stay committed to it so that it doesn't yeah. respond to, to pleasure or pain in the way that like a weaker purpose might. And right, right. <laughs> good question. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question because well, here's the hard part. We're constantly changing. So, you know, the, the markets today is not the markets five years ago, right? Right. So different purposes Thank God. come up. Yeah, right. Thank God. And that's actually what should be happening. And, you know, but the, the people with a fixed mindset or sometimes when people get hit, hit with trauma, they become fixed. Uh, those are the ones that are not growing, not changing, because they're actually trying to stop themselves from evolving. They want themselves to become that person before the trauma. Yeah, but it's too late. You're already a different person. You know, so that's what's difficult, too, with, with purpose. People think there's only one purpose. It's like, no, there's actually different purposes in your life as a parent, as a uh, husband, as a, uh, either an employee or a business owner. Like, what's your purpose for the, you know, your, your life, really? you know, I mean, your, uh, your business or things like that. So there's different little things, right? But there's typically a macro. Um, you really just have to figure out, like, like when your purpose, you 
like I mentioned before, it has to benefit others. How can you help people? You have to go straight to that. Is there any way you can help anyone at all, at all? Because people try to look and go like, yeah, it has to be something I'm passionate about. Yeah, but dude, passion is a result, not the cause. You know, like you can't just have passion and that's what I'm going to do because I'm never going to find out that I can be passionate about surfing if I never tried surfing ever. I'm not going to know to freaking, you know, uh, be passionate. I'm not going to learn how to be passionate about wrestling if I never wrestled before or influencer marketing for my startup if I never even dealt with that before. But those are all actually afterwards. So the first thing to really get your purpose, how can you help people? Can you help that old lady down the street get their groceries and deliver them for her or whatever? Well, eventually, if you keep that up, you become DoorDash, right? Um, you, you know, you're here always connecting people and always trying to talk to people and help them out. Well, maybe you become a life coach. I don't know what it is, but you have to figure it out because it has to come from you. You know, like, I don't know what it is, but the only way is to give yourself exposure. That's where inspiration is needed. Um, when you really don't know what to do, you have to just give, be exposed to so many things. So you, all of a sudden, something's going to inspire you. And what inspiration really does is shift your perspectives. Um, but if you don't have that sense of purpose either, though, it's going to be very difficult. But no matter what, you have to give yourself, you have to expose yourself to so many things. And that's how you kind of find your purpose. Actually, I, sorry, uh, take that back. You don't find your purpose, you create your purpose. That's what I meant. And that's what people get lost because people think you have to find your purpose, find your purpose. It's like, you're never gonna find it, like ever. <laughs> you have to create it, there is no finding it. It's kind of like saying like, oh, I can't find, you know, people say, I can't find myself. I don't know who I am. I was like, well, you have to create who you are. Who are you trying to be? That's the question. Because until you know that, it's going to be very difficult. So that's actually how you have to kind of, what's the word? Um, reverse engineer, right? If you don't know who you are or you're who you're trying to be, you're not going to know what to do today. We are so like fed with so much information and saying like, you know, live life today and everything's today, present today. That's why it's called the present, you know, things like that. We're so taught to just live in the present, but it, to me, it's, I'm becoming more and more um, infatuated with the idea that it, the future version of you is actually more important than the present version because everything you do in the present should be towards that future self. Does that make sense? Right. And I think that, that that point is really important because if you don't have a concept of your future or your future self, then that's going to be impossible to deal with. But if you do, then you can think like, well, I'm not having the best time right now. I'm working on this thing. It's really hard, but I'm doing it in some ways for my future self's benefit. Like, and I know it's going to, be, I'm going to be happier in like, you know, 20 minutes when this, when it's over or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what always happens. Like, so all are, are you know, when, when I talk to people, you know, with, uh, with start day one and stuff with the mental health. It's like, if you don't know <laughs> what you're going to be, like, you're not going to know what to do today. It, just like I said, when we go to driving, right? If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to take the right turns. So figure out your destination. All of a sudden, it, it just kind of happens. And, and it's funny. It's like, people are being taught all the wrong things today. Um, 
here's an example. When, when I talk about remedy the cause, right, and instead of the result, here's one major problem that society is doing. What they've done is actually made the result the cause, right? They call it depression. They call it anxiety, right? And I don't know why. Those are pretty much what they focus on, right? Depression and anxiety. It's almost like there's no other emotions that exist. But that's what they're saying. Uh, Marcus, the reason you're depressed is because you have depression. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and we have people walking around saying, oh, I've been dealing with depression for like 16 years. Or, man, my anxiety is so high today. It is so odd for me to hear that because, Marcus, how would you feel if I told you like, yo, dude, I've been dealing with happiness for like 20 years, man. Right. And I ask you, well, how'd you get so happy for so long? You're like, I don't know. I'm, I just have happiness. I'm just happy all the time. <laughs> it's because of my happiness. I, it's, you know, it's just acting up, I guess, today. I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense when I say it that way, but people take it in like, oh, you have depression. Oh. Well, how do you fight depression then? Because it's the result, right? But you're saying it's the cause. You're in this invisible fight and this loop that you're never going to win because you just made the result the cause. Right. Like, oh, why are you obese? Because of my obesity. Right. Man, my it's obesity kind of like a, it's a complacency. It's like a kind of like giving up. Like, well, I don't have to fight or confront this thing if I just accept it as something that I'm always going to have with me no matter what I do. That's right. And here's the problem. Remember what I mentioned before? When people are in a negative mindset, we tend to love excuses and we hate accountability. But you just gave them the best excuse, not something they can do nothing about. Is the best excuse. Oh, it's not me? Oh, awesome. So what do I do? Oh, well, pills. Because if depression is the cause, there's no other way to fix that other than pills. And that's why people suffer from depression, suffer from anxiety. Because the difference between struggling and suffering, suffering feels like you can't do anything about it. Basically, what we're doing to people is taking away their hope. Once you take away hope, well, what do you have? No future mindset at all. You think you're going to be that way forever. You're trying to control your anxiety, or which doesn't make any sense because anxiety is the result. How do you control a result? You have to control the cause, and then you get a different result. And I've noticed more and more, you know, people, you know, always kind of like repeat the the definition of insanity oh it's doing the same thing and expecting a different result everyone knows it but everyone does it it is so weird people complain about things they do nothing about but expect a different result and it right. doesn't make sense to me i want to jump and, in and say people people also love saying that like there's some enlightened prophet like like they like they came up with that on the spot you ever have that experience <laughs> where someone says that oh man that's the definition of insanity bro doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different <laughs> result <laughs> and they don't realize that they're doing it themselves right and it's so weird to me because you know when i'm looking at them and, and i've like I feel, not that I feel bad. It's like sometimes when I explain it to them, they, they kind of think like I'm being careless. But I'm like, no, I'm just telling you what I know because, and the best way is to kind of explain it to them, right? So here's an example. Um, what was I going to say? So <clears throat> when it comes to like depression, 
and anxiety, right? Like I mentioned before, why are they only focusing on those two as if there's the only emotions? Because there's also envy. There's also anger. How come no one talks about those? Why do we focus on depression and anxiety? Like, like literally, that's all you hear about when you think about mental health, right? Do you hear right. of anything else? Like, oh man, my envy is way high. <laughs> right, no, you just, you're right. Every, everyone, almost everyone, like like in in America, you know, knows about yeah. depression and anxiety. Worldwide. They say they suffer from one or the other. Yeah, worldwide, right. really. Right, yeah, in, in UK, one out of four are on antidepressants. That doesn't make sense. And what they're doing is they're trying to get rid of an emotion. So let's talk about emotions. What are emotions? They're just emotional responses to a cause, right? Basically your perspective. Um, and that's why I kept looking at it. Look at every motivational speaker, look at every book. What is it doing, right? It's, it's really just trying to shift your perspective. It always boils down to perspective. That's why rock stars commit suicide. Well, the homeless are trying to stay alive. Does that make any sense? The only thing that's off is their perspective. And kind of like what you mentioned before, you know how people uh, would say like, oh, insanity is this. But it's the same way people get so surprised like, oh, I can't believe Robin Williams committed suicide or Anthony Bourdain, so weird, rich and famous. All right, let me ask you this question. Does money buy happiness? No way. So why can't they be depressed? I don't get it. Like pick one. Right. People, they, they almost, some people almost get like angry when like rich and famous people like like commit suicide. People are like, well, if I had all that, I wouldn't kill myself. Like, bro, calm down. I don't think anybody should do that. I don't think that's a license right. for, you, for you to have that, you know? Right, right. And it's these inconsistencies with their philosophies, right? If you don't think money doesn't buy happiness, then you have to agree that like, oh, Robin Williams was depressed because it has nothing to do with money has nothing to do with fame. And that's why I always go back. Well, what was his perspective in life? Because that's what's affecting him, right? Because it's definitely not the money. It's because those are just all the results. Again, it always goes back to results. So let's go back to the emotions. They talk about depression. They talk about anxiety. And it's just like, those are just the results. And the problems, we're telling them that that's the cause. So now they feel like there is just this invisible fight. They cannot win. They are not going to win that fight when you say it's depression. And then what's weird is they're literally trying to get rid of the emotion. It's like, yeah, but it's necessary. It's, it's the way our body works. Our body is a very efficient. It's trying to get rid of that stress. That's why we cry, right? And that's why when you get the, look at the stages of grief, you have the five stages of grief, right? It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance acceptance is the only awesome outcome out of that <laughs> right. denial anger bargaining depression those are all negative right when people tell me they're depressed you know what i tell them good <laughs> you're almost there right you're almost to the good ones yeah you're almost there because depression is pretty much the last part when did you ever experience the at the very end a great feeling like for example a marathon do you think it's easiest in the beginning or at the finish line? <laughs> like, when do you think they're really tired? Like, when do you think they really need that motivation and all? Most likely at the very end, because that's the most difficult. Look at final exams. Are they the easiest ones? They're always the hardest ones. So I'm like, yeah, at the very end. But the problem is you're trying to get rid of depression. You're trying to get rid of this feeling, but you need to go through it. It's the five stages of a freaking grief, but you're trying to skip it. You're trying to go like, no, I'll just go straight to acceptance. I, you know, I'm good. 
I mean, that's great if that was true, because that is the goal. You want to go to acceptance as quickly as possible. You know, doesn't mean it has to be tomorrow. You have to go through the freaking stages. But when you take these pills, you, you know, you do all these different things and all you're really trying to do is numb the pain. That's why people become drag addicts. That's why people become alcoholics. It's because they're trying to drown the pain, right? And then they get addicted to it because they don't want to feel the pain again. Like, are you crazy? No way. I want to freaking, I want more drugs, you know? So, and that's what ends up happening. And when people are being taught that it's alcohol, the alcohol is the problem. Do you know how many people I see at the bars, man? Well, we're in trouble. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I'm in trouble because I drink wine like almost every other night. You know what I mean? Like if, if it's the alcohol, then we're all in trouble because then how is that possible? You know? And so, you know, we have to talk about these things and, and we're just being taught the wrong freaking things. And once you do that and they latch onto that excuse, oh, it's so hard to, to get them out of it, you know? And that's why I, I, the, I talk kind of the way I talk sometimes to just kind of instill in them the right perspective, you know? And, you know, referring to diabetes and things like that. I was talking to this one lady and she was taking pills and all that stuff. And she was like, oh my God, like, I never thought of it this way. Like, huh. And then all of a sudden she's like, she was feeling, you know, negative or things like that. And she goes like, yeah, now I just kind of try to change my perspective on it. Cause now I know that's what's causing it. And I'm just like, good for you. And it's so odd. And that's all it comes down to. I think um, a lot of, you, you've said a lot, you made a lot of major points that are kind of like counter to people's like natural assumptions now culturally. Um, yeah. There, I, th- I think there's four that I want to pull out and I want to circle back to the first one. Um, so okay. depression is a necessary step in the grief process. And it's about getting through it, not just coping with it or trying to avoid yeah. it or scare it away. Um, depression as a result and, and not as a cause um, mm. is, is, and then um, creating a purpose versus finding a purpose. You know, you, you create yeah. your purpose, you don't find it. And then the first one that I want to circle back to is that passion is a result of pursuing something and not the cause often that like leads you to pursue something in the first place. And I wanted to yeah. kind of explore with you, where did we go wrong with that? Because you hear college students, young people all the time talking about and being encouraged to like pursue whatever they're passionate about. And that's been a thing for as long as I've been alive in our culture yeah. to pursue your passions. And um, so like, what do you think led to that? Or how, I, like, how can we get back from that? You know, do you think, do you think that we're going to make progress on that front? Do you think that's going to change? Uh, what's kind of your outlook on that? Wow. Good questions, man. Nice. Um, yeah, no, these are great. Like I never got, never gotten these. So I can tell you're very analytical. <laughs> so it's good. So Thank you. yeah, you know what? I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it started because it's kind of like, you know, I have the same question sometimes because it's kind of like we talk the way we talk about depression, right? Um, when I was younger, I, I don't know when depression became abnormal. I don't know when it became abnormal. When someone passes away, you get depressed. When you go through a divorce, you get depressed. When you go through a breakup, you go, you get depressed. It's become weird now to be depressed. It's like, wh- what do you mean? Like, you just got a divorce. Of course you're depressed. Like, it's just the result. So it's, it's almost like, well, what are you thinking about? Oh, you know, my dad's this. I'm not going to be anywhere and this. It's like, well, yeah, that's what's causing your depression, dude. So I don't know how we got here, why we talked that way. Um, 
I never actually thought about that, but you made me kind of think more now how that became that way. Um, but I'm actually not sure. Um, as far as moving forward, the only way is spreading this common sense knowledge and sharing it more. Um, it's almost, you know what it is? I, I think at least it's becoming to the point where, I mean, you see it in every aspect in the, in the political arena too, like that we're just being very catering, mm -hmm. um, almost um, spoiling kids, spoiling people. And it really boils down to me, what I think it's, it's how we're teaching the kids. It's the next generation after the next generation, right? We're losing that sense of family values and really teaching these valuable, these, these things, how to deal with your emotions. We're becoming so reliant on the system, which is odd to me. Um, and I think that's where it stems from. I see more and more lack of respect. Um, I mean, you see it now, you know, when you, when you talk politics and stuff like that, you can see like, like, I mean, back then to, to talk about socialism and communism, I mean, insane where it is today insane so i don't know where that came from where did that come from well it's obviously the kids are being taught so we have to look kind of like bullying where's bullying coming from well it's not because the bullies have a weird genetic issue right um most of the time it's because of problems at home because i know growing up you, i'm sure you did too you knew some big kids that would have been awesome bullies right why weren't they <laughs> why weren't they they would have been awesome at it it would have been so easy to bully everyone because they're the biggest ones, but they're not the ones. Why? So we have to look at like, oh, what's causing it? Oh, so your dad's beating the shit out of you. Got it. Oh, so your dad keeps calling you a loser at home and your parents are fighting. And th so then you start seeing like, oh, so that's the cause. And so I think the mindset that kids have today, or at least we have today as a society, stems from that because we kept relying on different things and we're just not being taught the right things. You know, like, I mean, these are common sense. Everything that I talk about is more for prevention. So for anyone that's listening, if you're that deep into depression, obviously you're a little beyond what I'm telling you because it's kind of like going to me to work out when you're 500 pounds. I don't know enough. I just know prevention stuff. And I know a lot of, um, you know, just the common sense from studying and just, just learning and talking to people. And I just kind of put it all together. And I was just like, wow, we're doing this all wrong. Um, I think go, going forward, you made some good points. I think going forward, we're kind of in a weird spot right now because we're kind yeah. of in the like normalized mental illness, normalized depression, normalized anxiety yeah. mindset, but we're normalizing it in a weird way. Like it was normal before to get depressed about things. And then we stigmatized yeah. it, made it a mental illness. And now yeah. we're like normalizing <laughs> it, not as its original form, but as a mental illness. So we normalize yeah. it by saying things like, one out of every four people in the UK struggles with depression. You can use that to like, quote unquote, normalize it, but you're not normalizing it. You know, you're just saying it's, it, it's okay and normal to have this illness. Well, can we normalize well, I, it as something other than an illness? Yeah. Because if, well, if you're early enough in it, then that's not necessarily what it needs to be. Well, actually, you know, what's funny. It's funny that you're saying this because what they were actually trying to do was destigmatize it was that's why they called it mental illness is they were trying to destigmatize it. And I'm just like, what are they talking about? So obviously so many people went illness. What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean it's an illness? But they were trying to make it that it's not their fault, that it would be more accepted in the public, that 
because once you say it's mental illness and everyone agreed, like, well, then everyone can have mental illness and it's actually, uh, you should accept it and that's it, right? It's, it's an illness. So that's the only reason that even came about. I was reading this one thing about it. This one doctor, the psychologist or whatever, a psychiatrist, I forget which one, um, mentioned like, you know, we tried to destigmatize it by calling it mental illness, but what it did was make matters worse. Because when you made it a mental illness, you gave them, you took away their hope. You told them it's not them, that they can't do anything about it, right? It's kind of like what we're talking about now. Um, it's kind of like uh, what I'm hearing with the you know, BLM and all that stuff. You're teaching them that there's no hope, that it's because you're black. And that's it. They don't talk about anything else. They just, well, it's because racism. Actually, they don't even say black. They just say racism. Uh, the thing is, it's just like a purpose and stuff. A cause is always a verb. It is never a noun. So you can't just go racism. Oh, it's because you're black. Oh, it's because you're Asian. No, that's not the cause. What's causing it? What's the verb? What's happening? And it's it's just weird the way people are treating it that way. So I don't think it's a common thing to think this way. Um, you know, you and I, I can tell the way you just talk. It's we're very analytical. So we're really trying to figure out like, what's causing this? What, what's, what is the cause? What's, what's happening? You know, and then it has to be consistent because some people will have these philosophies, but then they're totally inconsistent. Dude, I live every day like it's my last. Then what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> like, right, right. Why are you at work? <laughs> it's your last day and your credit cards aren't maxed out. Wait, you're doing it. Oh, let me tell you how to do this. <laughs> Well, and then even in that specific scenario, I, I, I've met people um, who, who kind of like act that way, maybe a, a, yeah. you know, a little bit more than the average person. And it's yeah. like, I think it's, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to not take responsibility for your future self, who's probably still going to be here tomorrow and is going to have to deal right. with whatever you did today. That's right. Um, that's I want right. to I want to jump back a little bit all the way back to when we were talking about uh, information and mental in intake, um, because yeah. there's this kind of like uh, touchy subject that I've seen people kind of jumping around both sides on. And, I, and I, um, because I think some of the like um, like the top uh, like self-help guru type people um, started spreading like, like like the four hour four hour work week type people, you know, um, okay. so start, started uh, spreading the idea that. Um, you know, if you're around people who are like toxic to you or like, or who aren't good for your mindset or who aren't good for you financially, like yeah, yeah. away from those people, you need to relocate, be with new people. And then the, yeah. the, the inverse to that, that I've seen more recently is like, Hey, like that's not like, you don't want to do that completely all the time because you're, then you're not going to have any like lasting, meaningful friendships. If you like are constantly bouncing from social group up, up and up the hierarchy. So okay. clearly there's like a balance that needs to be struck between those two sides. And so I was wondering um, when dealing with like what, you know, what your brain's taking in based on what and who you're around, uh, how, how can someone walk that tightrope effectively and kind of find the right balance between those two mindsets? Cause you don't want to be like a cold hearted you know, leave yeah, everybody yeah. kind of person. Man, great questions, man. Down. I love it. Like, these are great. Thanks so great answers. <laughs> so what's funny, right? When I talk to people that say that, um, uh, or not even that, like they talk about like, um, you know, as if I'm being heartless or, you know, the way I talk about common sense, it's just this and that. Like, you have to really look at that. And it's funny that you say that because when people are talking about, you know, like we have to, especially the ones that are in depression and looking for those excuses, right? So they want like that, like um, 
almost that, that, that pity, I guess, that you kind of want to, they want the blame to be justified, right? So just like, no, man, this and that. And, and you know, you, and they believe that they, you should hang around su more successful people to be up there and to, to really succeed. And they'll tell me how, you know, how they can be better or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, but those people that you're trying to run away from, you're here talking about like, oh, these people depressed and stuff. Who do you think they are? Those are the ones with mental health issues. Those are the ones, but you're, you're being told you got to get away from them. But the way to fix them is to have more people actually love them up. That's why with Start Day One, our, our um, theme color is the color teal. Uh, we're hoping it acts as a, an, the acronym reminds people uh, the things that you can do that can help in prevention of mental health issues and suicidal tendencies, which stands for giving your time, effort, attention, and love. You don't give teal when you see the symptoms. You give teal today. It's kind of like exercise. It's kind of like brushing your teeth. You don't prevent cavities when your tooth hurts. You brush your teeth every day. Doesn't matter if there's any cavities or anything at all, just because that's prevention, that's proactivity. So for people that don't understand what I mean by proactive, it's like, dude, you don't just brush your teeth, you know, when your teeth hurts or you see a cavity or something, you start brushing them every day so you prevent them. And that's kind of like, you know, the way our, um, the people's mindset is, is, is to stay away from them. So when I talk about suicide, right, or even drug addicts, it's all the same cause. It goes from a bad mindset or bad perspective. It evolves to becoming suicidal tendencies. Suicide obviously becomes the last thing if you succeed, but everything in between is alcoholism, drug abuse, I hate my girlfriend, relationship sucks. That's all in between. It's just different stages of your suicide. That's all it is. You're in a different stage. You're in a, maybe at the lighter stage. Oh, you just don't like Mondays, right? Or you could be truly suicidal. That's because you're all the way at the end already. But the cause is what you got to look for, right? And when people talk about like, oh, we need to help people uh, that are addicted to opioids or alcohol, it's like they don't need help because they're addicted to alcohol or they're addicted to opioids or anything else. They need help. That's why they're addicted to opioids and alcohol or anything else. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you have a, like a surprisingly unique, not surprisingly based on what I know about you, but surprisingly in general, culturally perspective on, on issues like depression, because you're, you're, you're destigmatizing it, but you're also encouraging people <laughs> to take their emotions more seriously. Like instead yeah, of just, I'm having yeah. a bad day or I'm having a bad week, like look at why immediately so that it doesn't snowball into something worse in a month or That's in a few right. years. That's um, right. On that That's note, right. I, I want to kind of... Um, turn the focus on to start day one a little bit more structurally and, sure. and, and ask also uh, starting starting that out with asking kind of for like a bit of an autobiography about you. Like, how did you come to start this organization? Um, sure. What drove that? What, how, how has it grown since then? Things that you've learned, things you wish you knew when you started, all, the, all those kinds of different things. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. Um, so it actually started off with my inspirational brand. Um, let me tell you about the brand. <clears throat> So what I say is, you know, everyone knows to live life to the fullest. 
who the hell doesn't know that? <laughs> like everyone knows, every freaking one knows. The problem is that it's uh, impossible. It's actually human nature to take life for granted. Just theory of supply and demand, right? It's the law actually of supply and demand. Um, so it's very temporary. Um, so it's actually impossible and you, can, you, you really can't do it. So what you need are more reminders because you already know the concept. So we figured, um, you know, why not have act more as a reminder? Because the reminders we get today, the, the worst and best ones, someone passing away, somebody getting cancer, uh, accident. All of a sudden, you find yourself appreciate life more, right? right? Because, you know, you're like, oh, my God, life is so short. You always knew it. Yeah, like, I, like, I forgot, like I forgot that I'm going to die one day. But I did. Uh, yeah, like I right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, you feel like you need to appreciate life more. But then it's Monday again. <laughs> right. And then you're in traffic again. Like you didn't know last week it's going to be Monday. You didn't know every time you drive to work, there's traffic. That's so weird. And you're not ready again. So it's just human nature, right? So what we figured was like, hey, why not have rem reminders more often? Every time you wear the brand, it just tells you like, hey, stop complaining and live life more. And so that's when I really got more into it. You know, when you get into anything inspirational, or motivational, it always goes towards mental health. Uh, I actually lost my brother to suicide. And that's where I actually learned that perspective was the cause, you know, um, because it wasn't that bad. Like if he was alive today, he'd be, he, he, there were so many things that he could have been doing today because of what I knew about him, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I really started focusing on like, it's your perspective, it's your perspective, right? And how do we change people's perspective? Well, our, the brand name is actually Fukit Clothing. But when you look at the brand, F-U-K-I-T-T, -T, it persuades you to say fuck it more without being offensive about it. But why do I want that? Everyone is exposed to motivational stuff every day. Look at Facebook. How many videos do you see there? Instagram quotes. How many quotes do you see there? How about TV? You got Nike just do it in between commercials. Like, it's always present. So if that's the case, then why isn't it working? What's happening? Because they're all meaningless. Unless you actually make a decision about something, nothing happens unless you make a decision. And what's funny is the phrase, fuck it, is a phrase that we only say only until after we've already made a decision. That's the only time. The reason you say it is you're confirming to yourself that you're actually gonna follow through and commit to the decision you just made. You never back out, never. No one jumps out of a plane and says, fuck it and not jump or plays poker and say, I'm all in, you're right. Like, they just don't back out. So that mindset is very powerful. That's how you quit the job you hate, go on vacation, start your own business or your podcast, things like that, right? So what I learned was when I tell people this, you know, I would do events. After the event, I get these random emails. Hey, thank you so much. You've really helped me out, you know, inspired me, all that stuff. And the best ones were the ones that told me, hey, I was suicidal when I met you. Thanks for saving my life. And I'm like, holy shit, okay. What's funny is that happened multiple times, not one time. It just kind of kept happening. And I'm like, so weird, you know, I'm just doing, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Like I'm just kind of telling, inspiring people with my brand, like helping them. Because people think when they buy my brand, my apparel, it's to help someone else, to help mental health. And I'm like, no, dude, this is to help you because I don't know when you're going to be suicidal or I'm just being proactive about it because I want to remind you 
way ahead before you get suicidal, you know, to handle your stuff, to, to learn, have more accountability, to make the decisions and make things happen. And so start day one became the, the vehicle for it because we realized the proactive approaches was necessary, but it, it was awkward to do with the brand. So start day one, our mission is to inspire people to change their perspectives from dreaming of one day to starting day one. Day one means there's a day two, day three, day four. People get so overwhelmed with how much they need to change or do, but really they just don't know where to start. That happens all the time in, at work, at life, right? You have so much to handle, but it's like, it's, it's really you just don't know where to start. But no matter what, every single person that got out of depression, anxiety, got rich, whatever it is, it always started with a decision. Always. It's a common fucking denominator. Always. So what I'm talking about with people is that I'm not saying I'm going to cure you. But what I'm telling you is you need to make that decision today because that's where it starts. I'm not saying you're going to be awesome tomorrow. That's like freaking someone telling me like, I did five push-ups. I'm still not in shape. Well, <laughs> that's not how it works, dude. <laughs> like, I've been there. Yeah, though. I've been I, that guy. I've been that guy. Oh, no way. Really? When, 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 no, the, the, with, with, with the push-ups thing specifically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's people's mindset about, you know, the mental health. They don't put it together the same way. But anyway, that's kind of how Start Day One kind of came about. We saw that we need to do things more proactive. Why is no one doing this? Why is it every time I talk to people, they, they talk about symptoms almost all the freaking time. That's how they, that's how they call that suicide prevention. I'm like, that's suicide reaction. Like, that is not prevention at all. Like, you're waiting for suicidal tendencies. It's like this, Marcus. Yo, Marcus, what's going on? I'd start day one. Call me when you're suicidal. Right. Not when you're an alcoholic. Dude, <laughs> alcoholic, that's cute. I said suicidal, man. I want a rope ready to go. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and if I'm suicidal, I'm not, I'm not going to call you. That's oh. the problem. Is that, is that When, I, when I've gone right. that far off the deep end, I'm not going to reach out for help. You know, And when yeah, someone reaches that point, it's so hard for them to get out of there. Right. If you could catch them, great. But that's what I actually tell people about my brother. I'm like, he wasn't going to call. He wasn't going to call. Like, you have to call him. You have to figure out, like, yo, where are you? I've been worried about you. This and that. Teal. You give Teal beforehand. I've talked to people, and I'm just like, they are so consumed by it, and they can't even get out of it. Even after a conversation like we're having, so I was in an interview, they kept asking me, like, so to be proactive. So how do we go about proactive? And like, how do we look for these symptoms like proactively? And I'm like, <laughs> you're not hearing me. What I'm saying is stop, look, stop waiting to see, you know, look for symptoms. Like your kid not leaving their room is a symptom. He's like, holy shit, take them to the park today. But because they got went out of their room today, uh, I guess I don't need to take care. I don't need to, you know, love them up today. I don't need to give them time. I don't need to give them love. I don't need to take them to the park. When they're not getting out of their room, that's when I'll do it. That doesn't make any sense to me. So, but people are so fed with this whole idea of trying to remedy the result, the symptom. And I'm like, well, that's why we can't change it. 
is because you're still trying to remedy the result. And so when you do that, well, the cause remains. And so we have to figure out what's causing that. And it's just the people's mindset. We, have, we actually have to change people's perspective on mental health itself. And all these things that they're trying to do to destigmatize it, to help people, are making them worse. Totally worse. Yeah, to give, to give another example um, of, the, of the same kind of situation with the kid in the room, when, when yeah. I was in high school, I was like, I was an asshole kid. I, I, I wasn't like a bully kind of asshole, but I was like, yeah. um, like, I, like I would be in a relationship, I'd just be assholes to my girlfriends, you know? And yeah, like, yeah. Reflected on it, there's a bunch of reasons why I think that happened, but ultimately it was my responsibility and I was an asshole to a bunch of girls. But yeah, yeah. I remember knowing, like, like, like in those relationships, knowing like, like that I'm being an asshole. And, but, but yeah. like, I'm still going to, and I know that, and I know the cause, but I'm still in, in that moment going to wait like a few months until they get upset and then deal with it and try to be better then instead of yeah, just yeah. accepting like, Hey, maybe I should try to be a better boyfriend so that my girlfriend doesn't like freak out in a few months and get really upset. So sometimes right. like, we know the cause, like we know perfectly well what we should be doing, but yeah. we're just like, I'm just going to wait until the, the, you know, the catastrophe. So I can, so I, so it's more clear then like, what yeah. do we do? We do that all the time. Well, you know what it is, dude, is because it's when you find yourself wanting to be a different person, again, the future version of you, your present self is not going to take those steps. If you had taken the time to figure out, all right, man, like you keep doing this, you keep being assholes to these girls. Who are you trying to be? Are you trying to be a dick to everyone? Like, is that your goal? Is that what your future is? Is that the type of husband you're going to be? The type of father you're going to be? Once you sit down and figure that out and actually take the time because purpose, just like, you know, everything else, it's like, it's intentional. Purpose doesn't just show up. Oh, I've got my purpose. Whoo, good thing I found it. Whoo, I've been looking for so long. Like, no, it's intentional. You create it. So who you're trying to be is just that you just never decided to not be an asshole. You just haven't decided yet. But once you decide and sit down and go like, is this the person who I want to be? But once you, if you don't do that, then you're, you just keep doing the same thing over and over. But once you figure out who you're trying to be, your freaking actions change immediately because people are so taught that we're a product of our past. So what I've learned is like, no, dude, you have to be guided by your future, learn from your past and execute in the present. All the time that's like that's kind of how it works it's almost like uh it all works together there's not just one thing you know it's not about the present it's not just about the past not just about the future it's like they all work together that way at least i think so and so when you don't know what your future is it's like it's gonna be very difficult because everything that we do is goal oriented you know people that are depressed oh i just want to lay down you, you don't think that was a decision you don't think that was a goal there's a reason you're doing that. There's a reason. There's no, you just happen to be laying there for no reason. Like, no. You really want to learn what accountability is about? And you're trying to fit, you, are you really trying to get out of depression? That's my question. Like, are you really, really trying to get out of depression? Because, or are you just complaining and then doing nothing about it, right? So if you really want to get rid of depression and then you're just like, oh, this doesn't work. I want you to freaking write down everything you do every day to get out of depression, to be the future happy version. I want to see what you do every day. Write it down. I want to see your notes because I'm pretty sure it's not going to be something towards that better future. 
It's always going to be something, oh, I did this today. Oh, this. Like, it's going to be all negative, negative, negative. Like, well, according to what you told me here, this is what you did. This is what you thought about all day long. Well, what do you think the result's going to be? If all you do is think about how your dad told you this or how your friend told you this and this and made you miserable and you're a loser and this. So let me get this straight. You see yourself as a loser in the future too? Well, every action you take is going to follow that. That's your perspective. So you really, and that's what I mean about like uh, being proactive. It's like you have to stop, re stop only reacting, you know? Like that's all emotions are, right? They're, they're just all reactions to your perspective, whether it's depression, happiness. No one's happy forever. It's, it, it's obvious. Look at rich people. Look at rich and famous people. Look at, there's so many, there's so many wealthy people that are depressed, like so many, you know? And they're just the results, dude. Like happiness is not constant. It's not permanent. So you have to understand that. So their mindset, they think, oh, I'm depressed. Yeah, that's just the result, but it's also temporary. You're the one making it permanent. It doesn't have, it shouldn't be temp, it shouldn't be permanent. It's just a temporary result. It's just reacting. What is it reacting to? Figure that out. I think that like to break down what you're kind of exploring here, and I think it's really important to do so, the balance between yeah. the past, the present, and the future. This is something that came up in an episode I did a couple of weeks ago that was about personal finance. Um, yeah. Because in the, in the mental health space, if you have some kind of like really impactful traumatic event, it's really easy to get stuck in the past where that comes back to haunt yeah. you all the time. That's right. And it's also possible to be so focused, so focused on your future self that it's impossible to enjoy like day-to-day -day life because maybe you're, maybe you're the kind of person who wants to control everything in your life yeah. and you're making too many sacrifices for your future self and then if you, it's yeah. easy to get stuck in the present where like you're really living day to day every day like it's your last and like oh my god are you okay man because like you're yeah. gonna be like out of money tomorrow or out of food and yeah. you, you might die tonight or something like that yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. and so like, i think striking that balance is really important and i'm glad you kind of explored that for me and for the listeners and so i wanted to uh, ask you you know um like i think people have a lot to learn fr from you i think i'm learning a lot from you what are some things that uh, that you've learned um, while, while while founding Start Day One, while um, being the public speaker that you are, doing the things that you're doing, um, that you maybe had wished you had known sooner, uh, or just things that that were important to you that you've kind of have kind of stuck with you along the way. Holy crap! Um, you know what? I don't know actually. Um, what something I wish I would have known. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I'm not really sure just because there's so many things I learned and learning. Um, I guess all my, can't really say, I guess just a, an accumulation because I was always in pursuit of it, you know, like trying to figure it out, I guess. And it all stemmed from my clothing line because of what it was about. So I figured like, all right, like why are we doing this? And I just kept analyzing, analyzing, talking to people. And then when they say something and I don't have a rebuttal for it or it's my philosophy is inconsistent, I change it because my goal is not to be right. It's to save people. You know, I don't, I don't care if I'm wrong. All right, shit. It's, it's not perspective after all, you know, <laughs> like, okay, let's change that up. So, but so far it's been pretty consistent. I mean, I see it everywhere I go. Um, I can, so what I've learned, I'm trying to figure out what really has helped me. Um, you know, you know what? I really don't freaking know because now I just know these things. So I don't know what I didn't know. 
in the past. I mean, it's, it's, I guess the whole idea of like the future thinking, but see, I was kind of doing that naturally. I wasn't on, not on purpose. I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be, you know? And because, like, I was never about my past. Like, yeah, kind of everyone has regrets. I'm constantly analyzing, you know, like for example, regrets, right? Actually, let's talk about the mission statement for the clothing. We came up with uh, inspiring and motivating people to live life without regret and accept challenges with, worth the risk. So why did I do that? Because I think there's two reasons why people don't move, uh, have progress. One is something's holding you back or two, you just won't step forward. So let's talk about what's holding you back. A lot of times it falls down to regrets, right? So, and that's what's funny because I learned this earlier on. But what I didn't know is like, what the hell is regret? You know, I, everyone knows like live life without regret, dude. But is it possible? Is it? <laughs> so right. I asked myself, is that really possible? Because I regret some shit. Like, I don't, how does that, how can someone really live without regret? So I analyzed it. So I looked at what regret is and I went, oh, no way. Regrets are just personal experiences or negative experiences that you never forgave yourself about. That's it. That's all they are. And so to get rid of regret, you got to forgive yourself. Marcus, you could have, would have, should have done this to be a freaking gazillionaire. You didn't. Forgive yourself. Don't worry about it. Like, just let it go. That's how you get rid of, live life without regret. Doesn't mean you don't have any, but that's how you get rid of them. And accept challenges worth the risk to move forward. It has to be worth the risk. If it's not, don't freaking do it because then you regret them. It has to be worth it. And so live life without, I mean, uh, accept challenges worth the risk. Why do we say accept? It was actually my friend, Roger Mazella. I was telling him, it's like, take challenges worth the risk. He said, no, it's actually accept challenges worth the risk because the challenges are always being set in front of you, but it's up to you to accept it or not. When you accept it is actually when you end up saying fuck it or making that decision. And so I was like, whoa. So those two things actually is what helps you move forward. But because of the business, I've, I've had that mindset. So I've always kind of always tried. I'm trying to figure out what I, else I wish I knew because there's really nothing because you, you, you end up, when you do that, you know, what, what did you wish you knew and stuff like that, you end up kind of, um, living in a past and then you're trying to build up regret, you know? So I, I kind of difficult for me to do that because it's like, eh, the old, the previous version of me didn't know it, you know, like, right. I don't even know what the hell he didn't know. Yeah, now. no, I get you. I, and I think part of that too is like everything informs everything, you know, like, like, like there's so much coming in with your, yeah. with your line of work, like, like, you know, you, 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 and you have a talk with somebody in like a, like a coaching situation or something, you know, and you learn something new about that yeah. person's life and you're like, oh, that impacts the way I think about um, like this mental condition that impacts the way I think about this process. And so it's very fluid, but you're a very systematic yeah. person, analytical. And so it all kind of comes together into a framework and it might be a bit harder to say like, you know, like here's one, two or three things. Um, but yeah, I think because that, it's always changing. Right. Yeah. I think the elaboration on regret is really helpful for people. Like the importance of self-forgiveness. I mean, it's, it's, oh. it's huge for people, you know, and like yeah. some people walk around, I mean, most people walk around with things that they're never going to forget or things they're never going to really yeah. forgive themselves for. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is like, let me tell you the story of how I figured out that it was accountability. That was the issue. So I was uh, doing an event with my clothing again, 
And this one, you know, th there was a couple that bought some stuff and left. And then there was this one odd looking dude just waiting there, finally approaches me. And he says, hey, I love what you're saying that everything starts with a decision, but um, it's not that easy, man. And I said, I never said it was easy. I just said, that's where it starts. And he goes, yeah, but I'm in rehab now and this and this and that and this and that. And I said, yeah, that doesn't matter. It always starts with a decision. Yeah, but, and I'm like, holy crap. So I got sick of it. I said, listen, stop saying, but it always starts with a decision. Tell me why you can't do that. And then I backed up and he was there for like two, three minutes. And I'm going, what are you doing? He's going through his database of excuses because he goes, yeah, almost said, but, but only because I didn't, I told him, I caught them and said like, don't say that. And then the, the only reason he didn't say it, but he was just standing there looking at the sky and I'm going, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not telling this guy to run a marathon, man. I didn't tell him to even read a book. I just said, dude, just start with a decision. And he just stood there. And then he finally goes, you're right. You're right. And I said, yeah, I know you're welcome. Like you went to rehab and you haven't even decided to get better. Do you know how many people do that? That's why they never get better because they're using it as like, let's see if this works. No one helps. No one fixes you. You do. You're the only one that can fix you. No one does it for you at all, at all. So it's like when you don't decide to do it yourself, it's, it, it's useless. And But what really confirmed it was I told the same exact story to this lady, another event, this is like months later. I told her about it and she goes, mm, nah, it's different for everybody. I was like, holy shit, another one. I'm like, no, actually it always starts with a decision. Like that's the common denominator, man, you know? She's like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh. No, it really is. Like, why don't you think? So anyway, she got so mad and left. And I'm like, the analytical mindset, right? You analyze, why would someone be so pissed off? Because I didn't say I found the cure. I just said that almost, not I mean, almost, everyone starts with the decision to get better. Everyone, not one, two, not, a, not even 1%, you know, like all of them. But she left angry. So I, I had to figure out why was she so angry? Why would someone be that upset with me telling them, oh, that's it. All of a sudden it just hit me. And I'm like, as soon as she agreed with me that that is the case was as soon as she had to let go of her excuses. So she couldn't agree with me or else now she's accountable. You're telling me I'm depressed because of me? I don't like it. How am I going to drink now? I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Nope. So, and it's something so simple. I'm not asking them to do anything crazy. I'm just telling them, I'm like, no, it starts with a decision. Why is that so difficult? <laughs> like, why is that so hard to comprehend? And why is that so hard for you to, to think that that's a, where it should start, right? Right. So it's, it's weird. It's weird, man. Like, and these are most people's mentality. It's almost like they think they're worse than cancer. It's weird. You know, it's like, they think once they get depression, that's it. Party's over. Like, yeah, I got depression and they almost want to be diagnosed with depression. You know that I'm on this freaking Reddit and then mental health. 
They're like, actually, like, proud. Finally got diagnosed, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I'm like, holy crap. Because now they're allowed to do the things they do. Now they're okay to be an asshole. Oh, Marcus, I have depression. I might be a dick here and there, man. Like, thanks for the heads up. We probably aren't going to hang out, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if, that's what, if that's what your depression makes you do. <laughs> like, um, right? But, but it, I, I think people, like, it, it's eerie and tragic and really, really eerie how easy it is to get comfortable in a role that you don't yeah. like. Like, like. Like, it's it comes back, I think, to, like, being able to see a future version of yourself that's better, that's better in some way. That's, it's hard that's for right. people. So we that's see right. ourselves as, like, the way that we are right now, all the, like, bad things about us. And we're like, I'm just this character now. This is just who I am. It's been... That, that, I, I'm, I'm 21. So for me, it's like, you know, 21 years. And, and if I'm depressed, I'm like this. And this is just who I am, you know, and then that's, that's right. where you get the like, well, maybe this can fix me. Maybe that can fix me. And you that's know, deep right. down that you're not going to change. And like you said, unless you make the decision to. Yeah. And that's all that's re really required. Uh, there's this book, Personality Isn't Permanent, uh, backed by studies and all that stuff. People get so fixated on who they are, but really it's because you keep telling yourself that's who you are. Like, it's not because of anything else. Um, so they do things based on their personality or who they think their identity is. But a lot of times you think your identity is based on your path and who you've been. Your identity should be based on who you're trying to be. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, uh, how someone can serve at tables because they're trying to be a movie star but they know who they're trying to be. This is just a temporary game. Or kind of like, uh, you know, someone, a lawyer going through, you know, just bartending or things like that because they're going to school right now, but they know who they're trying to be. So it's actually easier to deal with these things today because you know who you're trying to be. But that's actually more your identity, more than your past. You know what I mean? So people think like, oh, that's my past. So this is what I'm today and this is who I'm going to be. And it's like, yeah, that's, all right, whatever you tell yourself, whatever floats your boat, dude, but I'm not on board with that, you know, so I'm going to be who I want to be, you know, I'm going to try my best, like, why not, you know, so people have so many assumptions, I always relate uh, entrepreneurship with mental health, too, um, because there's a lot of similarities, the things that you apply to your startup can be applied to uh, your mental health, um, just for example, just something as simple as like, you know, how you check your numbers, you know, your metrics, things like that. Well, how many times do you do that to yourself? You know, how do you, you know, checking your weight, what you eat, uh, what, what are you thinking of? You know, things like that. Just taking a, you know, a quick uh, look at that stuff. Um, no one starts a business saying that the future version of it is going to suck. Not one. No one goes like, Oh, I'm making this app just so no one else can download it because it sucks. <laughs> you know, that's what right. I do. That's why I'm making it. And that's what they, people do with their lives. It's like, I'm a loser. I'm this because their perspective, that's their perspective. So I have to ask, like, how is that? Why is that your perspective? What's causing that? What is that? You know, like, what is that? You know, and a lot of times because they don't have a sense of purpose, you know, they, that's why. So their perspective could be anywhere, you know, because without a compass, well, you know, how are you going to know which way is north? And, but that's what that's what always happens, man. And it's and it's crazy. It's so crazy that people just really hold themselves like, um, uh, what do you call it? They they don't take enough accountability to for their their outcome or for they're trying to be. But a lot of times it's because this also isn't being taught. 
not only do they not know, they're being taught the reverse. That's what's freaking really messing people up. You know what I mean? Like, um, here's another thing. I'm pretty sure you've heard this. I don't know if you've talked that um, mental health, when you, when you deal with depression or anxiety, right? Because those are the only two emotions you have. So, you know, <laughs> depression and anxiety. Oh, it's because you have chemical imbalance, dude. Your anger should be fine, though. Like, it doesn't affect anger, envy, anything else. Just depression and anxiety. And after reading and, you know, putting things together, I don't, it's the same concept again. It's not chemical imbalance. You See, you're under the assumption that chemical imbalance is the cause, not the result. It always comes back to that because always people are trying to do the, the result. It's like, okay, you have chemical imbalance. Yeah, studies show everyone with depression has chemical imbalance. That's an idiotic thing that you just said. Because that's like me saying, like, yo, studies show that people that are obese exercise less. Like, <laughs> that's right. Like, like, it's like, so it's, it's it even doesn't worse. make any it's sense. Like, it's like, that's like, it's like saying people who are obese have more fat cells. Like, like that's, it, it's even more obvious and even less like helpful. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So everything is a chemical studies. imbalance. Every like, like love is a chemical imbalance. Happiness is like, like saying right. it all comes down to brain chemicals. Doesn't solve anything or change anything. Or right. address. It's like people who say, you know, like we're just bags of meat on a spinning rock floating through space. Like, okay, right. but that doesn't tell me anything about like myself <laughs> or other people. Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And for people, they, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to people. What I'm saying is like the people that are listening, if you really think it's chemical imbalance, one, why are you saying that? Two, are you talking about you or someone else? If it's you, then did you get it studied? Did you actually, did someone tell you it's chemical imbalance? If yes, okay, then take the damn pills. I'm not telling you not to. The same way I would never tell someone do not take insulin because you have diabetes. I'm not going to say like, yo, you just have to stop eating sugar. Like, no, they need the insulin, man. Like they have to. And then go on a keto diet to reverse it. But that's more the, 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 the prevention part. So I'm not saying that. So what I'm saying is that Chemical imbalance is merely the result because when people talk about chemical imbalance, they're actually talking about the uh, most likely, the, the most common thing is the cortisol. It's based on your stress response. Keyword again, response, stress, response. So it's responding to, and almost all the time is because of your perspective. So what happens is our brain, and I believe it's the amygdala, I forget, I'm forgetting now, but your brain never evolved to differentiating. I can't pay my bills and there's a freaking lion ready to eat me. It, it has no clue the difference, no clue. So the you're uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear you for a sec there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my phone started ringing. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the chemical imbalance is just the, re, you know, the result is because of the cortisol being pumped out by your stress response. It's responding to the cause, whatever that is. A lot of times it's just your perspective, what's going to happen. And most of the time when you talk about emotions, it's based on your future self. We don't fear something from the past. We fear what we're not going to get in the future. Every time, look at anxiety. Is it the past? No, it's what's going to happen in the future. 
what, what you think is going to happen. Same thing with fear. The lion is there, but is it eating you? No. Look at the pandemic. Oh, man, I'm so scared. Like, you're in a house. You're totally fine. But why are you fearful? Why are you scared? It's because what your future mindset is of the, you know, what's going to happen. Everyone's going to die and walk like zombies or something. So it's always related to that future self, you know? So anyway, going back to the chemical imbalance, that's what's kind of causing it. So if you don't know what's causing it, well, how are you going to prevent it? So if that's the cause, then I should chemically, because chemical imbalance go balance, right? You can either add on or take away to balance. Everyone only talks about adding on. What is causing the imbalance? Why is it going teetering on the negative side? That means you can teeter on a positive side if it's called balance, right? So why don't you take away the negative shit, which is the cortisol, the stress response, your perspectives, instead of just motivating yourself and every day trying to go to the gym, meditate, this, that, because if you do not take care of your perspective and your mindset, it doesn't matter how many times you meditate. It doesn't matter how many times you exercise and do all these things. It doesn't matter how rich you're going to be. If your mindset is still, I'm a loser because of this and this and this, it's never going to work. So, but I bet you just like diet on a physical health, diet supposedly is 80% and exercise just 20. So the diet is actually more important. Same thing with your mindset. Your intake, whatever you're taking in, your perspective is more important than what you're doing to negate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you, you'll have to do yoga every hour. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's why people end up drinking because it remedies the pain. That's why they're doing that because it's great for the result. You know what I mean? Except, you know, it's a good time. Like they're, they're, they're not thinking of the problems. But when they stop drinking, guess what? The cause is still there. They're still thinking about the past. They still think that's who they are is because what daddy told them when they were younger or what this kid told him about himself when he was younger and, and he never let go of it. It's like there's so many things because you're not looking at the future version of you. you know. So all these things is what's really causing that chemical imbalance. So our mind is more powerful than you think. There's this book called um, Mind Over Medicine. And she studied this because for people that don't believe this, and I've, I've dealt with a life coach that said, that, you know, totally against chemical imbalance, what my philosophy on it, because she says, I still go through depression. Um, uh, what does she call it? Like just uh, like depression attacks or whatever. It's, what, I forget what she used, but, and I'm just like, no, that I'm telling you, this is kind of what happens. And then a life coach tells me this. So you're telling me it's because of our thoughts? Like, and if basically that, that's what's causing it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, you're a life coach. Then what the hell are you for? <laughs> like, what are therapists for if it's not about your thoughts then? Shouldn't everyone just be taking freaking pills then? Why do you need a therapist? Why do you need to talk about it? If it's just a chemical imbalance, like why, is, why does that have to be there? So it was odd to find someone that was coaching people but are still going through depressive stages. And it, again, it goes back. You've never remedied the cause. You're still trying to just almost distract yourself from the pain, but you still have these episodes. And I'm like, you shouldn't 
to have crazy episodes like that. Something's still off. Like you have to figure that out. So again, it goes back to that. You know what I mean? Like you have to figure out like when you, the, the reverse of the stress response is called the relaxation response. I believe it's the, I don't know which way is what, the parasympathetic nervous system is for the stress response. And the relaxation response basically is the only way to negate that. That's why meditation is good. So that is good. I'm not saying meditation is not good, but I'm just saying you also have to think about the input. That's just the result, you know? Like, the, again, I, the best way for me to explain it is just like exercising, exercising, and doing all these great exercises, but still eating McDonald's and fast food. It's like, how healthy are you think you're really going to be if, if all you eat is crap? You can do all the marathons you want, but man, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a heart attack, you know? So it's like, so it doesn't matter. So those are, those are the things. We really have to change people's mindset on it. Again, we keep giving them excuses. It's called depression. It's called chemical imbalance. And it's just like, so all of them are chemically imbalanced. Huh? Every single one of them. It's not because the divorce, not because of the dad not being proud. Not, nothing? Nothing at all? Okay. Then I have nothing I can do about that, you know? Um, as someone who emphasizes accountability so much, I wanted to ask you kind of yeah. how you how you approach people who are maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum, who are quick to kind of blame themselves for everything, to take responsibility for too much, like like to hold themselves accountable for every bad thing that happens to them or around them or to people around them. How do you approach people like that? Because those are people you can't just say, like, you need to hold yourself accountable to your mindset for, or maybe you can in some overarching way, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So to me, it's not holding yourself accountable so much from your past. It's holding yourself accountable to who you're trying to be. Right. You know, so there's a difference because blaming yourself for things in the past, nah, not going to help you, dude. Like it's all it's going to do is make you miserable, you know, but I am going to hold you accountable. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the happy version or is this depressed, complaining, everything sucks person? Do you ever want to be happy? Do you ever want to be this? If it's yes, then okay. What are you doing about it? What are you doing? You know, so write it down. For so for people, it's not about the past. Forget the past. Learn from the past. I'm not saying for like, you know, just let it go and this or whatever, you know, um, you know, don't make it into an excuse. Um, but just really look at the future and focus on that because your present self will just do things automatically. Um, you know, people that are like want to be millionaires and this and that. I'm pretty sure you're assuming you're a happy millionaire. So that also means your present self is going to stop and smell the flowers. So that's what the present person would do if you want to be that happy version of the future version. So it almost becomes automatic. So when I say accountability, like you have to start focusing on what you can do today. Like, what can you do today? I can't change your past, man. Like, I can't stop someone from, I can't unrape you i can't you know stop your dad from abusing you when you were a kid like there's nothing i could do about that but who do you want to be and changing their perspective is what helps all of a sudden you start seeing the past very differently for example for people that had you know alcoholic parents things like that what one of the things that i tell them is like it's because i you know i, I tell them like hey listen we're all just puppies and we all become who we were taught to be and things like that. And your parents were too. I don't know what happened to them, but it seems like it was pretty, uh, pretty bad. 
And that's why they are who they are. Because no one ever says like to their children and say, you know, I can't wait to be an asshole to this kid. You know what I mean? Like no one right. does that. And, but when you have a better understanding of that, all of a sudden your past isn't so bad because you go like, oh, so my dad was going through that shit. Oh, so my mom was actually cheating. Oh, like all of a sudden it's not you anymore. You know, like, so it kind of just changes. So, but really just focus on the future of who you want to be. It's good to learn from the past though, you know, because if you don't learn from your past and you're holding on to some crap that you never learned about, future is going to be much, much, much harder. And again, like happiness is, is a temporary result, just like depression, anxiety, and everything else. No one's just happy and that's it. I'm never going to be depressed anymore. But the weird is, the weird thing is, that's what people are trying to accomplish is to get rid of the emotion, depression, and anxiety. It's weird. You're trying to get rid of it. That as soon as you get depressed, you think you're abnormal. There's nothing abnormal about it. What's your perspective? Oh, because this, this, and this. Well, yeah, of course you're going to be depressed. So that's normal. Change what your perspective is. Then you, the result will be different, right? So that, those are the things like I'm kind of trying to educate people on because we're just really being told the wrong things. And especially with social media now, like you mentioned before, it really affects people. And when you think about the social media, it's this whole comparison thing. And uh, I forget who it was, Dr. Sullivan, I think, uh, refers to it. It's the gain and the gap. Everyone looking at the gap, what they lost, what they didn't have, but you don't look at the gain. And you know, when you don't have that future version of yourself, it's really hard to determine that because the two things that make us happy is progress and giving, right? That's why purpose is so good because the reason you have purpose is to, to provide value to other people, not yourself. So automatically, that's all about giving and progress. Instead of making goals all the time, it's better to create milestones because it's going towards a future version of you because either way, at least you're going towards that type of person but if you just make goals and, and you get depressed because you didn't achieve them things like that it's like oh i didn't lose 50 pounds like i wanted like who cares who's the future version of you where are you at is it the 50 pounds that's it that is that your future version like that's it they just have to be 50 pounds less you know because it keeps continuing on like i mentioned the marcus today is not the same marcus five years ago definitely not going to be the same marcus five years from now at least that's the hope that's what we're that's what's supposed to happen. And like I said before, proactivity is not just good for prevention. It's good for prediction. Because I'm pretty sure you're going to hear about freaking Marcus if he keeps this freaking awesome podcast and asking these great questions. Yeah, so but but that's what happens when you have that, that prediction becomes like, if I act this way, and that's why for people that are complaining, and you're asking me before, the ones that are not taking accountability, like, all right, I want you to take accountability now. What steps are you doing for the future version of yourself? Because proactivity is great for prediction. I will predict that you're going to be happy if you constantly do this and only think about this and you change your perspective to, to something else. And I'm going to predict that you're going to be in a better place, you know?
I do have one last kind of big question um, before yeah. we start closing up. I wanted to ask sure. you, you mentioned that when people imagine that, you know, they're going to be or could be a millionaire someday, they have to be imagining that they could be, that they're going to be the happiest millionaire, that they're still going to be happy when they're a millionaire, that they're going to be either still happy or happier than they are right now. But one thing mm -hmm. that I've seen a lot in the past few years is this kind of fetishization of being rich and sad. Like, um, like you look at like, you know, like big name rappers and musicians and stuff who are like depressed, but are super rich and everyone sees that. And it's like, well, I'd rather be, I'd rather be rich and, and flaunty and sad inside than even to be like middle-class or, or, or in poverty and be content and happy. Um, how, how do you approach uh, that kind of cultural phenomenon that we're in right now, because I think it's infecting a lot of a lot of young people and kind of the way they think about their mental health and the way they think about yeah. money and how they value it. Yeah, and that's because of the lack of purpose. That's why they're depressed. They lost their purpose. They don't even know what their purpose is. That's why they get depressed. When you don't have a sense of purpose, basically, we go back to the car. You're lost. Well, where are you trying to go? They don't. They they don't know anymore because. Trying to be, let's say, the rap artist. Oh, I want to be the album. Oh, I want to be the most successful. Oh, I want to have the Lamborghini. Oh, you got them. All nouns. All nouns. All about yourself. Not about people. Not about anyone else. So, yeah, you're going to be miserable, dude. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Because you have no freaking purpose. Again, we have to go back. What is purpose? Has to be a verb. To teach. To empower. To educate, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Whatever you want to help people with, to blank. And, and it has to benefit other people, not yourself. So when you're a rap artist trying to be this, all right, how, does, how are people benefiting again? Oh, you don't know. That's why you're depressed. You don't know what you're giving to society. You don't know what you're providing. So that's why it always goes back to that. When you go to purpose, um, you, when you cre create your purpose, you don't find it. You have to s just sit down and figure it out. Expose yourself to as many things. Uh, the reason I tell yourself to expose to many things, you need inspiration uh, because your perspective is shot right now. It needs to change your perspective. And then <clears throat> your perspective will kind of just follow your, your uh, it will be in line with your purpose. It has to be in line with your purpose or else it doesn't work. Um, so this is actually the difference between inspiration and motivation. Inspiration comes before your shift in perspective, because that's what inspiration does. Trauma does the reverse. Inspiration makes it um, uh, shifts your perspective to more beneficial. Uh, you know, it's like watching a movie. All of a sudden, you see yourself. You're you're like one of them. You're like, yes, I could do that. You got inspired, not because someone told you to. So that's another thing with inspiration. Inspiration is never um, forced upon you. It, you're just exposed to it. Um, trauma, same thing, right? It's just kind of, no one tells you to do something. It's just it's something that happened to you. Once you shift your perspective, the decision will follow, like automatically. So once you have make that decision, that's when motivation comes in. When you try to motivate before the perspective shift or before a decision, it doesn't work. We've all been there where we broke up with our girlfriend or relationship or whatever. And people are trying to get you to go out and you just didn't feel like it. And they actually became annoying as hell. Why? They were trying to motivate you. They're trying to get you to go out. Why didn't it work? Well, it's because they're not ready. You didn't even shift their perspective. You didn't change it. Until you change that, they're never going to make the right decision. 
the same way, if someone's perspective is a loser, they're going to go, that girl's never going to give me her number. How do you know? Everything you know is an assumption until you get feedback or data, just like a business does. So it's another startup thing, right? So why don't you get feedback? Try to ask and figure it out. I never would have freaking married my freaking wife if I didn't try. If I said like, well, she's never going to be want to be with me. She already has a 105-foot yacht, Lamborghini and stuff. Like, why is she going to pick me? Well, guess what? She did. She did. She left all that and went for him. It's because why not? Let's let's find out, you know. Let's let's see what happens, because if you're just going by that, you're never going to accomplish anything. So it really boils down to your perspective, inspiration if you need it, change your perspective, then your decision happens, and then motivation, goals, all that stuff happens, and then the solutions will come. So those are the steps to me. So you really have to start your purpose first, figure out what your perspective is on that, uh, or else nothing's going to follow. It's the same reason people say, I don't really have time or money. But then your best friend is getting married, time and money shows the fuck up. How? How? Did you get will did you win the lottery? No, you sh you shifted your perspective and said, Well, this is my boy, so once in a lifetime thing, I'm gonna go. Well, how do you get the time? You take off of work. How do you get the money? It's a year from now, I'll save it. Well, that vacation you wanted to go to Italy for that you keep complaining you never go to, it's the same exact process. You just have to make a decision and all of a sudden it follows. So yeah, so that's kind of my thing. I think um, I think breaking it down into steps like that is really important. I was actually gonna ask you to do that anyways, because oh, this awesome. is kind of this is kind of the first uh, episode of the show that I've recorded so far that isn't just about information, but is about inspiration and is and, and is about not just like knowledge, but also like like wisdom and help. Um, and so for there, there are undoubtedly eventually going to be people who stumble upon this episode, not because they listened to like four other episodes of the podcast, but because they were searching for like, they're, they're, they're like, think they're struggling with depression, maybe they're just for the first time in their lives, or maybe it's been an issue yeah. forever. And they're listening to this because they are trying to seek help before they get yeah. into that darker place. And yeah. so I think breaking it down the way that you have is extremely helpful. Um, I wanted to ask you um, kind of, What's a good way for people to kind of get in touch with your brand, with your foundation? How can people reach out to you? All that good yeah. stuff. And then, of course, I'll put links down in the description of the episode. Oh, great. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, if you're interested with that apparel company that I was talking about, it's fukitt.com. And our nonprofit foundation for mental health and suicide prevention is just startday1.org. Or else all of the social media links are all on there. So, you know, that's all you need to know are the websites, really. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Ricardo. I really did enjoy this. This was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, man. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Marcus. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.